announcements to make. Uh, first one, the men's uh, prayer is going to be on May, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> August 12th at 8 a.m. You will also be discussing uh, day two, Ernest Shackleton in the Foolproof Man book. So read the chapter, bring your book, and be ready to discuss. All right. August 13th, we have an all-church picnic. Uh, please note we will only have one service that Sunday, and that service will start at 1030, so prayer will be at 10. Uh, this picnic is going to be following the service. Church is going to provide the meat. Uh, we do have a sign-up sheet in the back. Um, if you could please sign up to bring some of the sides. Let us know what you're bringing so that we're not all bringing the same thing. Amen? All right, and ladies, uh, we will have a meeting on August 19th, so uh, there are more details that will follow on that. Also, uh, we are accepting offering for Move the Mission until August 20th. August 20th will be the final date that we will take the offering for our Move the Mission. Hallelujah. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving and we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. We bring the sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord. We bring 
the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. And we offer up to you the sacrifices of joy. Isn't that what we came to do? Oh, we offer our praise to him today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, well, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all he has done for me, well, my soul cries out, hallelujah, praise God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, well, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, well, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Hallelujah. He has done so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your bountiful blessings. Thank you for this great salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I have found his grace is all complete. 
He supplieth every need. As I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of Glory, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found the pleasure I once craved. It is joy and peace within. What a wondrous blessing I am saved from the awful gulf of sin. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of Glory, all the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope so bright and clear, living in the realm of grace. Oh, the Savior's presence is so near. I can see his smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory roll. It is like a great overflowing well, springing up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All oh, the half has never yet been told. It is joy unspeakable and full of Glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. All the half has never yet been told. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. No matter the test or trials, we can have joy. Joy within. Hallelujah. Oh, joy that passes all understanding. Peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The mighty God is Jesus. The Prince of Peace is He. The everlasting Father, the King eternally, the wonderful in wisdom, by whom all things were made, the flawless of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus, and it's all in Him. Emmanuel, God with us, Jehovah, Lord of hosts, the omnipresent Spirit who fills the universe, the advocate, the high priest, the lamp for sinners slain, the author of redemption, oh, glory to his name. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in him. It's all in him. It's all in him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in him. The Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. The living word incarnate, the helpless sinner's friend. Our wisdom and perfection, our righteousness and power. Yea, all we need is Jesus, we find this very hour. It's all in Him, it's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in Him. Our God for whom we've waited will be the glad refrain of Israel recreated when Jesus comes again. Lo, he will come and save us, our King and Priest to be. For in him dwells all fullness, and Lord of all is he. It's all in him. It's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus. The, the peace is He. The everlasting Father. The King eternally. The wonderful in wisdom. By whom all things were made, the fullness of the Godhead in Jesus is displayed. It's all in Him. 
It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The mighty God is Jesus and it's all in Him. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you because in you dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the express image of his person. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing yourself to us in Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you today. Hallelujah. You are God and God of all. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are an awesome God. You are an awesome God, and we expect awesome things of you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. No light thing will do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Folks, we serve Him. We serve Him. The God of gods. The Lord of lords. The King of kings. We serve Him. Amen. He's the one that saved us, delivered us, freed us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of worship. He's so very worthy. Oh, we love Him so much. But only because He first loved us. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated for just a moment. We do want to greet our visitors today. Our brother and sister Brown are here with us, staying with the Parkers. Amen. I was going to try to make some corny joke about them treating you right, but uh, that would be foolish because they're the most hospitable couple I've ever known. <laughs> so I know they're treating you well. Amen. God bless you. Uh, the And I always get this. Guerra? Guerra. Okay. I always get that. I am so sorry. And Sister Gera are here, uh, their father, amen. We are so, so happy to have you with us again, amen. Uh, if anybody has any need of anything, our ushers are in the back, put them to work. They're just sitting there doing nothing right now. <laughs> Give them something to do, <laughs> amen. But we are so happy to have you, we trust it. Uh, as you are a blessing to us, that uh, hopefully we can be a blessing unto you as well. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand, brother. Uh, DeMuth is going to minister the word of the Lord to us today. As he comes, let's worship God one more time. Let's thank him for what he's about to do in our service today. Amen. Lord Jesus, we worship you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Let's go ahead and pray, church. Go ahead and lift him up, oh God. Let's touch the throne room right now. Let's touch the throne room of God right now. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we're going to take a moment to worship Him right now. We're going to take a moment to, to usher in the presence of Almighty God. Lord, we want to touch Your throne room right now. Lord, we want to feel Your presence right now. Lord, we need You in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Every eye, Lord Jesus, every ear, Lord, every mind and every spirit. Father, have Your way in this place. Have Your way in this place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus! Worthy and mighty and holy, let's, let's lift Him up right now. In the name of Jesus, we want to take a moment to love You, Lord. We want to take another moment to praise You. We want to take another moment to magnify and glorify Your name. Oh, God, with the fruit of our lips, giving praise unto Your name today. In the name of Jesus, You're worthy. Father, You're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy to be exalted. You're worthy to be lifted up, O oh God. It's not a difficult thing that we do, Lord Jesus. Out of our heart and our souls and our mind, O oh God. We love You with all that is within us, O oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship You. We honor You, Lord Jesus. We praise and exalt You and magnify You, Lord. Have Your way, Lord, in this place. Lord, ignore Jesus. Oh, God, anoint every ear, oh, God. Anoint every mind, oh, God. Anoint every heart, every individual, Lord Jesus. Oh, we drive out the wicked one right now, Lord. We rebuke the enemy, Lord Jesus, in whatever way that he would come into this place. God, we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. We bind him right now. And we loose, oh God, your power and your glory. Lord, visit us in this place today. Have your way in this place today. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, you're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Isn't he worthy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's so worthy. Amen. So good to be together with family. Amen. You know that we are all family. Amen. Some of us are elbows. Some of us are toes. Some of us are ears. Some of us are eyes, some of us are noses, but we're all a part of the body. And the body, the Bible says, is fitly joined together. And there's not one part of the body that is less important or less valuable than any other part of the body. Amen. We were talking about that with the young people. We have value to God. He is, we are precious in His sight. The Bible says every soul belongs to Him. Every soul. So if every soul belongs to Him, and in, in God's mind, those people, He would that all men might be saved, right? So in God's mind, those people that are out there that are in here right now, 
that belong in here, they're part of the family. In God's mind, they are. We might not see them here yet, but in God's mind, they are, because he knows the end from the beginning. So he already knows that the ones that are going to be here before we do. So we, our family are out there. We gotta, we gotta get them. We gotta bring them in. We gotta take as many with us as we can. He wouldn't. He, Jesus said that he would not that any should perish. And who wants, to, who wants to see anybody go to that place called hell, that was created for the devil and his angels? not created for us where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I wouldn't wish that on anybody today. Amen. We got a world to love. We got to love them. Because the world don't care about them. They'll take what they can and just leave them in a pile on the street. Hallelujah, Jesus. So glad that I'm among family today. Amen. Ever since I've been in this truth, you all have been more family to me than any natural family that I have. I mean that. You all, you all are my family. And I can say that I got family all over the world. Anywhere I go in this world, I got family. And family's going to take care of family. Amen. Family's going to look out for family. Hallelujah. Because if one of us is hurting, if I hit my elbow on a wall walking down through the VA and it and I hit my funny bone and it hurts, my whole body hurts. Right? So when somebody in the body's hurting, the whole body's hurting. So we are here to minister not just to the lost souls out there, but we're here to minister to our, to one another. To love one another. To minister. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 12, verse 21 to 28. And I'm going to read it in the New King James. I don't know if he has that back there. But you all go ahead and read it. In whatever version you have, this will be the only scripture I read out of the New King James. Ezekiel 12, 21 to 28. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, what is this proverb that You people have about the land of Israel, which says the days are prolonged and every vision fails. Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will lay this proverb to rest and they shall no more use it as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. In other words, the days of it. The fulfillment, meaning the effect of the vision, is it's at hand. It's upon you. For no more shall there be any false or useless or worthless or vain vision or flattering divination within the house of Israel. For I am the Lord. I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. How many believes that? It will no more be postponed. For in your days, O rebellious house, who's he talking to? He's talking to Israel, his chosen people. I will say the word, 
and perform it, says the Lord God. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, look, the house of Israel is saying the vision that he, the prophet, sees is for many days. And from now, and, the, and he prophesies of times afar off. That's, that's not for right now. That's for later. It's not for us. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, none of my words will be postponed anymore. But the word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. Father, we love you and thank you for this good word today. Your word is good. All of it's good. All of it, Lord Jesus, is designed, O oh God, to bring conviction, to draw us to closer to you, Lord Jesus. Purify us today through your word. Wash us and wash over us with your word today. In, Je- in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah, Jesus. A delayed vision. A delayed vision. Israel was God's chosen people. Aren't we God's chosen generation? His royal priesthood? His peculiar people? His holy nation? He set us apart. He chose us. He marked us with His blood. Amen? He was Israel's provider. He's our provider. He's our shepherd, our shield, our defense, our strong tower. He's our counselor. He's our mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He is our peace. Israel had it made. They had it made. He chose them out of all the nations of the world. He chose Israel. And he said, I'm going to set you apart to be my people. And all he asked them to do was serve him and obey him. That's all he asked. They had it made. We got it made, folks. Do we not have it made? I mean, there's, a, there's lost people out there that don't know about this. They don't know that they're lost. They don't even know that they're blind. They don't even know that they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. So why in the world would they become a rebellious house? How do you do that? When God separates you and takes you out from among all the people of the world and makes you his own, and he he delivers you out of Egypt, he takes you across the Red Sea, he does all these things for you, how in God's name, if I can say it that way, do you become rebellious? How, How does it happen? It's simple. One word. Flesh. That's it. Flesh. They were given the blessings of God, but they were also given one great and mighty blessing that can actually be a curse. And it's called a free will. We have a free will. We can do whatever we want, can't we? And God's not going to stand in the way. Now, if you try to go your own way and not obey the will of God, just like Israel, he'll try out of his love and mercy and grace. He'll try 
to get you to turn. He'll, he'll do things and he'll, he'll try his best to, to prompt you that this is not the way you want to go. We know that he did that with Israel many times. Over and over it seemed like. It's like, don't you think they would have learned the first time? But no, they didn't. All it took out of all those millions and millions of people that were Israel, all it took was one or two people to just say, you know what? I don't like following God's rules. I don't like following His will. I want to do what they're doing over there. That's all it took. One or two people to just step outside of the will of God. And it wasn't long before there was two, three more people. And they were watching them and they were saying, well, nothing's happened to them. Well, then a few more people. And pretty soon, God's calling them a rebellious house. He did things like take them into bondage for 70 years. And you think they would have learned, and they still didn't learn. <laughs> Does that sound like any of us today? I hope not. It probably wasn't all of them, but a vast majority of those people followed their own way. You know what they say when, if you repeat a lie long enough, it starts to become truth. Even if it's not truth, in your mind it starts to become truth. How easy is it for that to happen today? There's a lot of stuff going on in the religious world today that's not in that book. we got to be careful. That we don't get suckered into that stuff. We got to be careful that we don't start justifying. Well, God's not doing anything to them and they're doing it. We got to be careful and not let that. They let sin into the camp of Israel. Every time, that's what it was. They allowed sin through their flesh to come into the camp. In Ezekiel, it talks about Satan, or Lucifer, and it says that he was all the things that God made him out to be. And, and then it says in one scripture, it says, until iniquity was found in him. What was it about Lucifer? That, what, what was it, that iniquity? What was it? Lucifer didn't like the fact that God wanted to make all the decisions. Hello? He's God. He created it all. I think he has the right to make all the decisions, don't you? But see, Lucifer wasn't satisfied with that. And he talked a few of the other angels into following him. And we all know what happened to them. If you don't, I'll tell you. They got kicked out of heaven. Because they wanted to do it their own way. Lucifer said, I can be in charge. I can make decisions. I don't need God. I don't know if he said that exactly, but that was his attitude. That's what iniquity is. That's what iniquity is. Jesus even warned us in Matthew 7. 
Unless you do the will of the Father, I never knew you. You can claim all the stuff you want. You can be Holy Ghost filled, water baptized. You can heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils all you want. But if you're not doing the will of my Father, I never knew you. I didn't write that. The Holy Ghost wrote that. Proverbs 21 and 2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord pondereth the hearts. The inner man. He knows. You're not getting away with any kind of contrary, coarse, nasty, cruel, whatever attitude you have in your mind. You're not hiding that from God. He knows your heart. He knows your inner man. He knows all there is to know about me and you and everybody in this room and everybody outside this room. And he's not, conf- he's not a confused old man. So if God knows their heart, if, if in the New Testament it said that Jesus knew their thoughts, <laughs> he knows our thoughts, folks. He knows the thought process of every person in this room right at this very second. He knows what you're thinking about. He knows if you're thinking, I wish he'd just shut up and sit down. He knows. And that's fine. But you know, the prophets that Jesus constantly sent to the people of Israel, what happened to them? What happened to them? They eventually killed them. Every prophet that God ever sent to speak his word was treated the same. And they were just repeating what God told them to say. They were hearing from God, and they were repeating it. And one prophet, he told them, don't pay any attention to their faces. Just say what I sent you to say. Let the chips fall where they may. Isn't that what this is right here that I'm doing? Or what this man does? Or what this man does? When they get up here to minister? When, what Linda does when she gets up here? We're just delivering what God told us to say. It's not... I don't like it sometimes when he gives me stuff to say and I don't... In my flesh, I don't want to say it. But it's not up to me. If I'm submitted to God, if I'm, if I'm endeavoring to flow in the Holy Ghost and do what God's telling me to do, I've got to deliver what He sent me here to say. And you have to deal with it. I've got to deal with it. It's for me too. Even in Jesus' day, He addressed this subject about these prophecies that You know, Israel, they just wanted it to be for later on. You know, they we don't want the prophecy to be about us. We don't want there to be an end time, really. We do, but we want it to be later. So I can see my grandkids get married and have kids. So can can it be a little bit later, God? That's okay. But we have to come to some realizations here. You might not get to see your grandkids get married. You might not get to have grandkids. 
Folks, we got to look around us and, and pull our head out of the sand. We Look at your world around you right now. I mean, it is more wicked than I can ever remember. Wow. Where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. He told us, didn't he, to look up and be watchful. When you see all these things coming to pass, when you see all these wars and rumors of wars, when you see all of this debauchery, when you see all this junk going on in our world, we gotta, we got to start paying attention to the signs of the times, folks. And that doesn't mean, what that doesn't mean is that we just sit back and go, well, he's coming any minute. I'm just going to sit here. Hallelujah. I got my seat on the bus. <laughs> I'm not giving up my seat on the bus. No. No, we need to be out there busy about our Father's business. <laughs> Jesus was working right up to his death almost. And even at his death, he was still working. He was still trying to reach for somebody. He just turned one, took one look at Peter after he said those words that he wished he hadn't said. And, and one look spoke volumes to Peter. I told you. You'd deny me. Right when the, right when the roosters were crocodile-doing. He knows. He knows what you're going to think and say before you know. So knowing that, I want, I want to leave him in charge of every aspect of my life. Is that possible? Is it? It's very possible. Is it really happening in our life? That's not a question I want you to answer. You've got to decide that for yourself. Is there anything in your life that you're hanging on to? Well, I'll let him have charge of this, this, this. This, this 5% over here is mine. <laughs> you know, it's like the bosses say at work when we ask them for extra time off and stuff. They say, whatever your career can afford. When the guys try to take hour lunches and we're only supposed to have 30-minute lunches. <laughs> Whatever your career can afford, you know. we got, we got to take that same mindset with God. Can I afford not to let God have complete control of my life? Can I afford to even have maintain control over 1% of my life? That's what Israel was doing. They were taking back control. Hallelujah. Matthew 23, 29 through 36. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchers of the righteous, and say, if we had been in, if we had been in those days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in blood of the prophets. That's how kind of they were saying it, right? Well, we wouldn't have done that. <laughs> we would have been better than that. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. You're condemning yourself. 
Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Mm. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets. Jesus is saying this. Present tense. Right? That's present tense right there. Wherefore, I, behold, I, Jesus, send unto you prophets today. And wise men and scribes, and some of them shall ye shall kill and crucify. And some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Did that happen? <laughs> when the Lord speaks, you better listen. Just don't, don't brush it off. Don't shovel it back behind you. Get that shovel ministry out of here. We don't need that. That's for you. It was for Israel. And they didn't want to pay any attention to it. They didn't want to honor it. So they just shoveled it behind them and said, that's for later. But God came and said, nope, it's all coming to pass. That upon you may come all the righteous blood upon, uh, shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, son of Berechias, whom he slew between the temple and the altar. See, he even knew the details. When, where, all the details. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come up upon this generation. Is the New Testament prophetic? Absolutely. Who wrote the, the Bible? The Holy Ghost. Who spoke, who, who told these men what to write? Who told Paul what to write when he wrote those letters? Who told Peter to write what to write? The Holy Ghost inspired them to write those words. If, if the Holy Ghost didn't, then why do we have them in the book that we read? So we have to believe it, that that's from the Holy Ghost. So that stuff doesn't just apply to them, does it? Second Peter 3, 1 through 10. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Got to remind you of some stuff. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. That ye may be mindful. Or that you may remember and re reflect upon the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of, the, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. We have scoffers? Oh, big time. Big time right now. We're the radical right wing. If you're a Christian, you've just been lumped in with a whole bunch of in their mind, bad people. Right? Walking after their own lusts. Doing their own thing. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. I believe, this is just me, I believe we got people in church that believe that. That think like that. Well, there's a promise of his coming. Oh, we got plenty of time. Let's just do what we want. You know, we'll we'll have time later to catch up and, and get right with God and repent and walk away from all of our carnality that we're involved in right now. For this they willingly are ignorant. Wow, what an indictment. <laughs> They're willingly ignorant. They're putting their heads in the sand, if you will. <laughs> 
uh, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out, out of the water and in the water, there, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Anybody say Noah? But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That's not stupid. Don't take your blinders off. Take your head out of the sand. Don't be ignorant, unknowing. That one day is, the, is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word, us in this room, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away in the great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That word perdition. Against the day of judgment of and perdition of ungodly men. That word perdition in the Greek means it refers to the state after death wherein exclusion from salvation is realized fact. Wherein man, instead of becoming what he might have been, is lost and ruined. I do not want any of you in this room or myself to be in that place. Where you get to the place where you realize you've missed it. I don't want to have to find myself in that place. No man is promised tomorrow in this room. No man in this room is promised tomorrow. You you can say you're gonna you got all these plans, but and I do it too. But you don't know if you're even gonna wake up tomorrow morning. By the mercy and grace of God, you will. But we're we're not promised tomorrow, folks. We we were talking to the young people about uh, I think it was a couple of years ago we were going to district conference on Sunday afternoon and we got we turned off of 30 C C on the 151 going sort of sort of heading into Fond du Lac and our our 2012 Hyundai Sonata the motor just died it revved and then it stopped and there we were at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday out in farm country calling AAA. <laughs> And they, it was during COVID, so they wouldn't they wouldn't put more than one person in the wrecker. So the guy in the, the guy on the phone says, "Well, just call an Uber." <laughs> Where do you want me to tell him to come? There's a red barn on the corner, and right next to that, there's an old house. How am I how am I going to get him to find me out here? That's not going to work. <laughs> you don't know. We're just driving along talking about how great God has been to us and how blessed He has made us with this car with 225,000 miles on it, and all of a sudden it dies. All of a sudden our blessing didn't seem like a blessing anymore. But it came on suddenly, just like that. I wasn't driving any different than I drive. It, it's just, it just happened. And the Lord knew. And he sent somebody that was going to that same conference, right? That same road that we were going down to pick us up and carry us the rest of the way. He made a way for us to get another vehicle and all that. And 
God did a whole lot of other things through that whole one circumstance. But we don't know. You don't know. You might have a brand new car. You don't know if it's going to die on you on the way home. You just don't know. None of us know. And nothing's been forgotten by God. Every word and every command that He has ever spoke through man or written is going to come to pass in your life, whether you like it or not. You can bank on that. Even in the book of Malachi, he gave us a prophetic warning. Malachi 3, 1 through 3 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Hmm. I wonder who that's talking about. And the Lord, when, he, when, when ye seek, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant. Whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? Who's going to abide the second coming of Jesus? Who's going to abide that? Who shall abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? I don't know about you. I don't know if I'm going to be standing when he appears. If anything, I'll be on my face. Humbling myself before God. For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. The second coming of the Lord is really upon us. And we we got to be really careful that we don't let ourselves get caught doing the same thing that Israel was doing and saying, this is not for now. Look up and be watchful for your redemption draws nigh. I don't, I want to be purified. I want to be tried in the fire. I want to be tried as, as fine gold. I want there to be fire or trouble or trials or tests or whatever it takes in my life for me to be saved, Sister Bell. I want that. Lord, don't hold it back. Do what you've got to do in my life to keep me saved. Because I don't want to be lost. I don't want to spend eternity in that place. Matthew twenty four twenty nine to 31 says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall be not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Oh, hallelujah, that's going to be a wonderful time. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. What a glorious time that's going to be. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's closer than we think, folks. But the writer goes on in Matthew twenty four thirty six, and he says, But of that day, in verse 36, Of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We don't know. We don't know the day. 88 reasons why the Lord's coming back in 1988, right? Anybody remember that? (laughs) 
we got to be careful, folks, that we don't let that kind of mindset sneak into our mind. Well, it's that didn't happen because that guy was a knucklehead. He didn't know what he was talking about, but he was trying. He was trying to pick a day. And maybe subconsciously sometimes we hope it's not tomorrow. We hope it's 50 years from now. But we don't know. It might be 50 years from now. We don't know. But let's not get ourselves in the mindset of planning like it's going to be 50 years from now. <laughs> We've got to be careful, folks. We don't, we're not promised tomorrow. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For in, as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. How long did he do that? A hundred years, I think. He built that ark. Him and his sons. And all of a sudden, one day. Everybody, anybody ever said, someday? Fill in the blank. <laughs> someday I'm going to have a 64 Impala. Someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. We've all said that. But what happens when someday becomes today? What happens? We weren't planning on that. Someday to be today. Someday was supposed to be somewhere down the road. And so they jeered at him. They mocked him. They said all that stuff about him. And they told him he was an idiot or whatever they told Noah. And then all of a sudden one day Noah and his family are getting on the boat. And they're feeling little drops of rain hitting them in the head. Hitting them in the shoulder. And they're seeing it on the ground. And they're going, what's that? And somebody else said, that's that rain he was talking about. And it didn't stop. And it didn't stop. And it got harder. And, and God came in and shut the door. And would, what's the Bible say? They were beating on the ark. Let us in. Let us in. Let us in. It was too late. It was too late. I don't want it to be too late. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Are we watching? Or are we just going about our business? Are we taking this serious? Hebrews 11, 6 and 7 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are we diligently seeking him? Or are we just spending time with him on Sunday and Wednesday? Or are we seeking him all through the day, every day? What do you want me to do today, Lord? Where do you want me to go today, Lord? I know I'm on my way to work, but is there something else? Is something you need me to do there while I'm there? Is there something I need to say? Is there somebody you're going to bring across my path? Help me to be ready. Father, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, not seen as yet, moved with fear. A hundred years before the flood came, he moved with fear. Prepared an ark for, to the saving of his own house. 
by the which he condemned the world. He condemned the world by building an ark. Because he is obeying God. And he put up with all that stuff that he had to go through in the process of building that ark so that he could get to that day. By the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. What would we do if we were Noah? We've got, when God confronted us with something like that. Something crazy. Just out, out there. Just nah, There's no way I can do that, God. Probably what Noah said initially. I don't even, I've never built a boat. How in the world am I going to build a boat? Don't worry about it. God gave him the wisdom to build that boat. We need to wake up. We need to pull our head out of the sand. If, if, if you're not there, you need, to, you need to find a place to get there. Because we're, we're living in the last days, folks. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. One shall be taken and the other left. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made. It came all of a sudden. It would be like the smoke detector going off in your house at 1 o'clock in the morning. You weren't expecting that. And you're up and you're running around. You're wondering, what in the world? Is the house on fire? You're not just laying there thinking about it. You're up. You're, up, you're running through the house trying to find out where that thing's going off and why. what is causing the smoke that made that smoke detector go off. That's why they're there. To warn us. But at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. They had a little oil, but they didn't have much. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. What are we doing about making sure our lamps are full? It's, a, it's an individual, personal thing. I can't fill your lamp. You can't fill mine. You've got to fill your own lamp with oil. It's your responsibility. It's your walk. It's your salvation. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you shall have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You've got to have your own walk with God. You've got to have your own prayer life, whatever that means. You've got to get that vessel filled with oil. Stir up that gift that's in you. Don't just sit around playing church. 
We can't be playing church right now, folks. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. Four of the most horrible words I could ever hear, I think, from Jesus is, Depart from me, I never knew you, ye that work iniquity. Watch, therefore, Jesus, this is Matthew writing about Jesus speaking. Jesus has given us a warning. He's given us a warning today. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. There's a salvation experience that's for everybody. Everybody that was there on that day of Pentecost, every Jew that was there from whatever nation they were from, heard the same message. And every one of them had a chance and a choice to make. I don't know if Peter had an altar call, but I know that it says about 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom that day. So about 3,000 people said, huh, boy, that sounds like something that's for me. And they they took the necessary steps to get what they needed to get. And when they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What did they say? They told them all the same thing. Repent. Is repent something we just do once? It's salvation. It shouldn't be. Initially it is. Repentance is something we do. It's a life of repentance. And I believe Brother Abernathy said at camp, we got to fall in love with the idea of repenting. I agree with that. But he told him, repent and be baptized. Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But the evidence is speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And it goes on later in the book of Acts, I believe it is, and it says that without, without His Spirit, you're not His. Except you have His Spirit, you're none of His. Meaning, He's going to say, I don't know you. So we got to have His Spirit. we got to have His name. The blood was applied to the doorposts and the lentils in Egypt so that the death angel would pass over God's people. The blood has to be applied to our life. And the only way that blood's applied is by the name of the one who shed the blood, Jesus Christ. And he, he gave us a promise. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is not just for you all in this room. I'm sure there's people online listening. Somebody needs to hear this. I'm just the delivery man. Don't, don't blame me. I'm just the Amazon guy. I'm just delivering the package. Okay? 
Revelation 1, 1 through 8. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto, uh, unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by an, his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for time for the time is at hand. And then he writes to the seven churches briefly, and he says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and of the prince and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And then Revelation 21, 1 through 8. It's not, it's not a delayed prophecy, folks. It's not a delayed vision. It's coming to pass. It's happening. we got to wake up. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be put be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the, and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And there's only one way there. The only way out of that flood that day was on that boat. The only way to get in, the only way to get to be saved and delivered from that flood, from certain death, was getting on that boat. And God was in control of the door. And He is in control today. We look around at our world and we think, my God, they've all lost their ever loving minds. Don't we? I think that. They've lost their minds. 
pundits and people are saying that. We've lost our minds in this world. They're recognizing it. They're acknowledging it. But God's fully aware of all of it. It's not surprising. He's not sitting back going, whoa, what just happened? God's not doing that. He's allowing all of this stuff to happen. If you don't believe that, you need to. He is allowing all of this stuff to happen. He allowed Israel to be in bondage for 410 years. He allowed that for His purpose, for His will to be done. So whatever God it takes, your kingdom come. That's why He taught us to pray that prayer. Thy kingdom come. Not my kingdom. Not my little kingdom on this earth. His kingdom come. His will be done. Amen. Let's all stand in here today. These altars are open. If you need the Holy Ghost, you need to come up here. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, if you just need to talk to God, if you don't feel like everything in your life is where it should be, you need to make your way up to this altar right now. God's been talking to some people in this room. Whether you acknowledge it or not is irrelevant to me. I'm not here to find out who God talked to. I'm just here to be the deliverer of this message. Father, we ask you, Lord Jesus, right now, let's pray.